Uh, certainly it's great to, to, to celebrate this morning, and I hope you are, are blessing and honoring your mom, uh, if they're still alive. Uh, they have so much wisdom, and I discovered a few wise sayings. Uh, one of them goes like this. Uh, one mom said, I want my kids to afford everything I couldn't so that I can move in with them. Um, I always say, if you aren't yelling at your kids, you aren't spending enough time with them. Okay, I think that's very true. Um, and then one daughter said to her mom, happy, or maybe it was a son, happy Mother's Day, and while I have you, quick apologies for ages 12 to 21. Okay, maybe it should be a bit longer on both sides. Okay. Silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is just suspicious. Okay. Um, and then we've got a picture for this one, I think, at the back. Um, motherhood. Feeding them as a baby and then through most of their 20s. Okay. And the last one is also a picture. Um, at first, you, if, if at first you don't ex succeed, try doing it uh, the way your mom told you to do it from the start. Okay. Well, well certainly our moms taught us uh, great lessons. Um, my mom uh, taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I've just finished cleaning. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my mom taught me about religion. You'd better pray that that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> my mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. <laughs> my mother also taught me logic. Uh, because I said so, that is why. <laughs> Somebody's nodding in front here. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you have an accident. <laughs> My mother taught me irony. If you don't stop crying, or keep crying, and I'll give you something to cry about. Um, my mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. <laughs> and the last one, my mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into his life, and I can take you out. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sure we've all been influenced by, my mother, by our mothers, and hopefully for the best, uh, for the good. Uh, we're going to pause for a moment, and I, I want you to take a walk down memory lane and reflect about some of the influences in your life. Maybe somebody shared their faith with you, Maybe somebody encouraged you when you, you wanted to give up. Or, or maybe somebody, it doesn't have to be your mother, uh, impacted your life in a, in a dynamic way. I want you to think about that for a moment, have a picture in your mind. Um, ordinary people like you and me can, can certainly impact other people. I remember uh, one of my first soul groups in Cape Town that I ran. There was a couple of men and, and, and uh, husband and wife team. Uh, we had a, a life group in their, their home. And I, as I reflect, maybe, what, 30 years later, um, their faith and, 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 and trust and peace and, and godliness in, in, in a time of, of incredible, incredible suffering. The husband was really sick, eventually died. Um, and, and they were just a, an incredible spiritual example to me as a, as a young pastor. I remember that. Um, I think of a lawyer. His name was Hal Edwards. Um, and he took an interest in me. He helped me to speak slower. 
I think of people like Anne Holness, uh, Peter Holness's wife. Uh, she, uh, he was the principal at Cape Town College, and uh, she helped me also to speak slower. I'll never forget, she'd hold a candle in front of me, and I had to uh, talk and keep that candle uh, aflame at a certain angle. People who, who just invested my, uh, 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 in my life. Peter Holness, uh, before I went to college, I did night classes, and I was called up on a camp for two months. I'd missed two months of, 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 of the semesters, night classes, and I wanted to give up. I think it was hermeneutic, uh, hermeneutics, the study, uh, before I went to college full-time. And, and this man just encouraged me to carry on, and eventually I did quite well. Um, it was just amazing. That encouragement at the right time made a difference in my life. Uh, meeting Henry Blackaby, the author of Experiencing God in Harare, we had a regional meeting, and, and certainly that man's writings have had a, a profound spiritual impact uh, in, in, in my walk. Now, all of us can point to people who have impacted our, our spiritual lives. Unfortunately, I haven't met uh, anybody fam uh, famous. I haven't been invited to the White House. Um, I haven't met... Uh, the president running down, apparently joggers in Seapoint from time to time. Uh, I haven't run into uh, him at all. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we don't have to meet uh, uh, famous people to be impacted. In fact, we ourselves impact uh, other people. And, and God certainly wants our lives to impact other people. Isn't that true? God wants your life to count. Now, today we're going to look at a uh, woman of, uh, who impact of influence. Uh, I've got the last chocolate here. For the first mother who can tell me who this person is. This is for a mom. So we're going to find the mom who's, a, uh, who, who's got good Bible knowledge. Uh, this woman was a businesswoman in the Bible, a spiritual leader in her own right, uh, a woman of influence, Okay, you've got to put up your hand, but let's, let's carry on a bit. Okay. Now, this woman was fairly affluent. Uh, we know this because her and her husband owned a business, and she also owned a large house, big enough to accommodate the... Sorry? You've got it right. You can get the chocolate. Okay, well done. Okay, uh, let's just tell the rest of the story. Uh, she had a house large enough to accommodate uh, the church in their city or town. Um, and we know that she was a, a woman of, of influence for a number of reasons. Uh, in, in Paul's uh, uh, Romans greeting list, she's right at the top of the page as he, he lists people he, he sends greetings to. Priscilla is the first person that he, he mentions. Uh, the Apostle Paul was indebted to her, grateful, it says, towards her and her husband. Um, in Paul's letter to the Romans, he reminds the reader, readers that this couple put their lives on the line for him and his ministry. Uh, a well-known lady, this lady, she influenced a, a famous Christian orator by the name of Apollos. Uh, and interestingly, every time she is mentioned, um, her name comes first. Uh, who was the husband? 
Aquila was the husband, and only once in all the times they mentioned in Scripture, it's a few times, uh, is her name second. This is highly un- un- unlikely. Uh, in, a, in a first century world, it was male-dominated, uh, and so it was, she was obviously um, honored, in a sense, more by her name being first in, in the patriarchal world of the first century. And we find her mentioned in, in four texts, Acts 18, verses 1 to 3, and verses 18 to 28, Romans 16, verses 3 to 5, 1 Corinthians 16, and 2 Timothy 4:19. Uh, this lady is mentioned in, in those different passages. Um, her husband's name, as you said, was Aquila. And um, when you read these different patch, uh, passages, um, we just not read one of them. You, you put the story of a life together, which is what we're going to do uh, this morning. So we're looking at women of il, uh, il, uh, influence. And if you can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 16 and verse 3. Romans 16 and verse 3. There are some lemons left. And uh, if you're a dad and you're making your wife lunch... Today, you're welcome to come get a lemon. Okay. There are five left. So it's five days. I owe you some as well. So you can come and get. Okay. Romans chapter 16 and verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my, what's the word? My co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Now, this morning I want to draw out just three principles from Priscilla's life that that really shows us what a a woman of influence or a a man of influence is is all about. We're going to look at three principles that that help us to be Christians Christians of, of influence. And the first one is a sound spiritual foundation. Now, as we look at Priscilla's life, we certainly see that truth. Uh, she had a, a strong spiritual foundation. We know this from Acts 18. Um, you won't believe us, but she was listening to a preacher preach, and this man's message was incomplete, and Priscilla and her husband would speak into this man's life. We're going to look at that later, but we know because of that, she had a solid uh, a spiritual, a sound spiritual foundation. And I want to say we often take that for granted uh, uh, in, in families, that, that foundation, that spiritual foundation. But the longer I'm a pastor, uh, the more I, I realize that a, a, a solid, sound spiritual foundation is absolutely essential in our, in our Christian lives. Now, it's interesting if you read the context of Romans, um, Paul distinguishes between righteousness that is by faith alone and legalistic righteousness. In other words, people who've put their faith in Christ, they've been saved, they're they're born again, and and people who think they can rely on their good works and their morals. uh, We certainly find lots of people who are, are good people, who are moral people, but guess what? They're not saved. And in Romans 1.17, I'll preach upon this uh, some other stage. It says the following, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. In other words, it starts with faith and it ends with faith. It's nothing but faith that that saves you in, in faith in Jesus Christ. 
It is righteousness from faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And friends, that's the foundation that, that every one of us needs how often I, 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 I meet people who've got the wrong foundation. I'll never forget there was a lady in, in one of my churches uh, where I served previously. She'd, she'd been in the church for 60 years. And thank goodness it wasn't a Baptist church. She, she came to our church for 60 years. She believed uh, she was a Christian because she was a good person. But you know, she discovered that she wasn't actually born again a, a true believer in Jesus Christ at the age of about 60 for all those years, she had the wrong impression. And friends, our, our spiritual foundations are, are absolutely essential. Now, we, we're all on a, on a spiritual journey. And I want to share four words that I'd, I'd love for you to remember. Uh, this is in our discipleship. Um, begin, connect, thrive, and engage. Those are four words I want to quickly talk about. Um, the first word is begin. We don't know what happened in Priscilla's life, whether she was a, a convert to the Apostle Paul. We, we don't know that. Um, but what we do know is, is later they would connect. They were both, uh, Paul was a tent maker and she was a, a tent maker with her husband. She had a business. But, but this woman began her work, uh, her walk at least with the Lord Jesus Christ. She, she met the Lord and she accepted him as a, her personal savior. And that was the beginning of a, her spiritual uh, foundation. Then we discovered that she grew, she connected with the church. Um, Acts 18, she connected with Paul uh, initially because of work, and, and, and Paul discipled her. Um, there was a connection, and, and that's the second thing that happens in our, our spiritual foundation. We, we need to connect with, with the local church. It's so, so essential. We get baptized, we, we join the local church in membership. Um, the third wor word is, is thrive. And we begin to see this as she reaches out, her, her spiritual life grows. And I want to say this morning that if your Christian life is not growing, then there's something radically wrong. We need to thrive, we need to all grow into mature faith and action. And then the, the last, the fourth word is engage. Um, as we look at her life, we, we begin to see this woman, Priscilla, um, a faith that not only uh, connected with other Christians, but she began to serve God. She labored, she loved, she lived. She had a, a vision for a home. She had a, a vision for a church. And you know what? She had, she had a vision for the world. And friends, that's a, that's a, a sound spiritual foundation. The question is, where are you at this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, not just the ladies. Where are you in your spiritual walk? Have you, have you begun the journey of, of walking with God? Have you connected with other Christians? You, you've committed yourself to a local church and, and to its ministry to, to be discipled. Is your spiritual walk, your, your Christian life thriving? Are you growing as a Christian because you, you should be? I always say to people, um, it's like riding a bicycle. You're either going forwards or you fall off. And friends, our, our spiritual walk needs to, to thrive. And then lastly, and a lot of us fall short here, are you engaging? Is your Christian walk, your, your relationship with God, impacting other people? A lot of us battle with that. Um, and... The question is, what are you doing to establish your, your foundation? Are you, are you having a, a daily quiet time? 
Are you perhaps uh, joining a, a life group or a discipleship group or, or a home church group? Are you involved with a group? Are you able to, to share your faith, starting with your own family and, and going out from there? Are you engaging other people? Well, the second point is about not just our foundation, but the second point is that this woman had a, a solid spiritual home. Now, I want to say that people who influence others, a, a godly influence, are successful in, in three areas. And we see this in Priscilla's life. Priscilla managed herself. She married, she managed her, her marriage, and she managed her home. She married herself. We see in her life that this woman was tried and tested. Um, in Acts 18, we read about the fact that Aquila and Priscilla were in Rome. They lived in Rome. They were forced out of Rome by the edict of Emperor Claudius. It was a historical edict that brought uh, persecution to the Jews, and they were, they were uh, expelled from Rome. All the, the, the Jews at this point in, in Roman history in Rome were, were expelled from the city. They were blamed for certain things. And, and this family had to uproot their home and their business. Next, we, we meet Priscilla in, in Corinth, um, later as co-workers of the Apostle Paul uh, in Ephesus. And then finally, the story ends when they're back in Rome again. They move back. They were allowed to move back. Um, and Rome was no place for those who were, who were timid in the faith. This woman's faith was tried and tested. But you know what? She managed herself. And friends, we need to grow to that point of, of managing ourselves. Not only that, but she, she managed uh, uh, her, her marriage. Um, this couple were, were partners in life. Now, Priscilla, as we read the story, they were Priscilla and Aquila. They were a husband and wife team. You always see them mentioned together. They're working together. They're serving together. Um, they were partners in marriage. They were partners in business. They were partners in the faith. They were partners in ministry. And friends, that's quite a feat. Um, it's always wonderful when I see couples in this church, and I can, I can mention them, um, working together. You all see them working together, and that's absolutely glorious. I'm tempted to, to mention them, but I won't. Um, husbands and wives who, who work together in the faith, in the church, at home, as a, as a team. These... Two people were together. Now, um, sometimes when we uh, go together, uh, whether it's a friend to a, a mall, we're together. Uh, later, people start dating and they're together. Um, then they get married and they're together. But you know, there's, a, there's another togetherness, and that's serving God together. I think that's the highest level we get to where, where husbands and wives serve together and i want to say to you it's absolutely glorious as a pastor to to look at the church and to see couples some are young some are old but they they're ministering together now next 18 we read they were tent makers um, together they accompanied paul to ephesus acts 18 18 they risked their lives together for the faith we we read about that and they had a, a marriage that that worked for the lord I want you to pause and think about that. Where is your marriage in terms of, of God's work? Are you serving together if you're married? 
because that, that's a glorious thing uh, in our, uh, our walk with God. She managed her marriage and then she managed her home. Her, her home was a, a spiritual fortress. Romans 16.5 in our reading, it says the following. Greet the church that meets in her home. Now, by the time that Paul writes this uh, note in Romans 16 and verse 5, they, they're back in Rome again, and we have to fill in the dots. Paul doesn't give all the details. Um, but here is a family that is, is serving the Lord as I reflect back, I, I, I think of families that were absolutely glorious. I remember that first cell group I, I mentioned earlier. When you walked into that home, you, you just sensed the peace of God uh, in that home. And one can't explain that. You just know that, that God is here in this family. He's, he's with them. It's a place of prayer. And, and this couple sought the Lord. Now, it's... Not easy to sometimes serve the Lord. And I want to challenge families on this Mother's Day. How many of you have a, have a family altar? Where you come together as a family, you pray, you, you read scripture, you go through a, a quiet time book. Um, as families, we, we need to establish family altars. I want to, just at this point, uh, uh, encourage single moms and, and, and single dads. Harry Ironside... Um, was two years old when his father passed away. And his mother uh, committed herself to bringing up this young man uh, in, 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 in the ways of the Lord. And she began to encourage her son to, to memorize scripture from the tender age of three years old. By the age he was 14, he'd read through the Bible. Harry Ironside had read through the Bible 14 times. That's incredible for a 14-year-old. Um, Harry Ironside became a, a famous Bible preacher uh, of his day. He wrote commentaries. Um, and the, the amazing thing about this, this man never, ever attended a Bible college. Famous preacher, had a, an incredible knowledge of the Bible, and, and blessed many. A sound spiritual foundation, a, a solid spiritual home. And, and the last one I want to mention that we draw out of this woman's life is a superlative spiritual faith. This was the, the outworking of that foundation we spoke about. What sort of faith did this woman have? Well, firstly, she had an engaging faith. She was a, a fellow laborer. Romans 16.3, my, my fellow workers in Christ. This woman and this couple, they, they labored for God. They, they served the Lord, not because they had to, but they, they counted it as a blessing. They, they were counted for, for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, this couple had a, a reputation for, for serving the Lord. And certainly we know people in this church who serve the Lord with excellence. Uh, I can look around this church and, and really be blessed as I just think about couples who, who do that. But this couple was a, a fellow laborer, a servant of Christ. Not only that, not only did she have an engaging faith, but she had an encouraging faith. She inspired other people to, to live and serve the Lord. Now in Acts 18, if you want to turn there, Acts 18 and verse 24 to 28, we, we read about this man, Apollos, um, and this couple speaks into his life. Um, in fact, this event would, would change this preacher's ministry. 
Apollos was a, 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 a Christian orator, a gifted orator, a defender of the faith. This man had a, had a golden tongue. Um, but you know there was one thing lacking in, in Apollos' life. Um, he had been a disciple of John the Baptist. Now remember John the Baptist uh, came before Jesus. He was the forerunner of Jesus. And, and he preached a baptism of repentance uh, before the cross. He, he died. He was uh, martyred before the cross, before the resurrection, before Pentecost. Um, and so Apollos knew about Jesus but he, he didn't have the full picture about who Jesus was. He didn't have the, the full understanding of, of the grace and forgiveness we receive in Christ. Uh, he did not know the power of the Spirit that had come at Pentecost. And as we read the story, it's a, it's a story about grace. Um, Acts 18, verses 24. If you've got a Bible, you can open it there. Acts 18, 24. Meanwhile, a, a Jew named Apollos... A native of Alexandra came to Ephesus. He was a, a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And he spoke with great fervor and, and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only about the baptism of John. Now remember that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus Baptism was a, a baptism that spoke about the, the grace and forgiveness that was found in, in Christ. Verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Now, it's very significant um, that this couple were a graceful couple. They, they, they welcomed the preacher for lunch. So they didn't take him on in the service or after the service. Um, they invited him for lunch, and you're welcome to do that. Uh, only joking. But um, they could see that, that God was going to use this man with a golden tongue in powerful ways. And what do they do? They, they speak into his life. Isn't that great? Here's a couple who speak into the, the preacher's life, and, and we see the results. Uh, verse 27. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by, what's the word? Who by grace had believed. Here we see this man preaching God's grace, for he vigorously refuted Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scripture that Jesus was the Messiah. Now I've got to add this, uh, the Jews believed the law or doing good things saved you, and of course we know that it's grace, God's grace in Christ that saved you, and this man was now in a position to defend the gospel of grace and faith. Isn't that an incredible story? This couple, and I believe because uh, Priscilla's mentioned for, uh, uh, first, she was probably the, the prominent of the two in, in ministry. She spoke into this preacher's life and, and changed his ministry completely. Well, what, a, what a, a wonderful story we see here. And engaging faith and encouraging faith. And not only that, this woman had an enduring faith. She took risks for God. Now, how many of you take risks for God? We don't live in a, in a country where our, uh, our lives are in danger. 
Um, but in, in Romans 16.4, it says the following. They, Paul says, they, they risked their life for me. Friends, their faith was a, a prevailing faith. The, the Greek word is, is graphic. They, they, it literally means they, they risked their, their necks for me. Literally, it means they, they placed their, their necks under the executioner's acts. I want to say to be friends of the Apostle Paul was a, a dangerous thing, a dangerous position to be in. At times, he was public enemy number one, and, and some of his friends certainly paid the price. We, we read about that if you read the book of Acts. But you know what? This couple took risks for God. I want to ask you, do you take a risk for God, whether it's in giving, whether it's in serving, maybe reaching out, maybe you, you've got a neighbor and you're scared to share your faith. It's almost a, a risk for you to do that. But you know what? You risk your, your life and your reputation because you love God. Certainly this couple did that. I want to close the story. It's about Thomas Edison. Uh, he was considered uh, America's greatest inventor. Um, some say he, I was reading it yesterday, that this man possibly had ADHD. If you look at his life, they assume that. His mother was a teacher and she took him on to, to teach him. But, but Thomas Edison said the following. I did not have my mother for long, but she cast over me an influence which lasted all my life. The good effects of her early training I can never lose. If, I, if it had not been for her appreciation and her faith in me at a critical time in my experience, I should never likely have become an inventor. I was a careless boy, and with a mother of different mental caliber, I should have turned out badly. But her firmness, her sweetness, her goodness, her, her potent powers to, uh, to keep me in the right path. My mother was the making of me. My memory of her will always be a blessing to me. What a, a lovely tribute to a, to a mother. Moms, thank you for believing in us. Thank you for passing on your faith. You know what? That passing on the, of, of, of your faith is an eternal investment. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for the spiritual tenacity that so many of our moms have. Lord, we want to commit our moms to you. Lord, we know the task isn't easy, it's ongoing. At times it's so rough. But oh God, we, we give you thanks for our mothers. Lord, this morning we, we pray for single parent homes where it's a real struggle. Oh God, I pray that you'd give parents who are single parents, the, the strength, the tenacity, the, just the strength to, to carry on. Father, we thank you that we can ask your blessing on our moms. We, we pray for their wisdom. We pray for their, their energy, their, their joy in, in doing the, the task. Father, we also want to pray that as parents, you'd give us the wisdom, the strength, the desire to, to pass on our faith. Father, we thank you for this example of, of Priscilla, who was an outstanding mother, an outstanding woman. Lord, who desired to, to share her faith and, and even to take risks for you. Oh God, we pray that on this Mother's Day, 
Lord, that you'd give us a, a vision of where you want us to be. Lord, we thank you for these great principles. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to apply them as we love you and as we share our faith. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen.